Hey everybody, if you enjoy the podcast and the content it provides, be sure to hop over and check out the community. The community is an exclusive members website that is just an extension of what we do here in July at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar. What it is is a combination of video lectures, a coach's corner with your Monday morning take-home information, and a forum where you can talk about anything and everything related to the field of strength and conditioning. In the community, you'll find content added each month from some of the top practitioners in the world, ranging from PhDs to high-level coaches, bringing you exactly what they're doing with their athletes or their research at the present moment. On top of that, an additional discussion by coaches bringing you that Monday morning information, things that you can add to your training program right away. Tying that in with the opportunity to discuss with coaches around the world in the forum on anything and everything from the topics addressed in these presentations to whatever you're seeing in your daily life as a coach. If this sounds like the right thing for you and your staff, go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and try it out for 48 hours for just a dollar. If you like it, you're signed up, ready to roll, and you're jumping into all the great content added each month. If not, feel free to go ahead and cancel at any time. No questions asked. We're really excited about what we're building in the community and hope you are too. Go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com slash community and check it out today. Okay, welcome to today's podcast here at www.cvasps.com. Our guest today is Joseph Johnson of Ultimate Athlete Concepts. Joseph has been a very big influence on my coaching career. He, uh, he's definitely opened my eyes to some different methodologies that, that quite frankly, I, I really would have been missing the boat on. Um, we're going to talk about his latest article. Yosef, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks a lot, Jay. I've been looking forward to it. Awesome, awesome. Well, Yosef, let's get uh, let's get right to it here, bud. Kind of uh, throwing a new buzzword out there, if we can, since everyone in our field loves those, and the word is precision. Let's talk about that a little bit, since you and I have spent, shoot, we've spent countless hours talking about precision in every aspect of programming. Let's, uh, let's kind of start with that and, and build off it, if you wouldn't mind. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's funny that's kind of come a, a little bit of a, a buzzword, but it, it, it's, uh, it's something that I think uh, appropriately describes uh, your aim as a coach uh, when you're developing an athlete. And so I think if I – if I remember correctly in the article, I kind of alluded to it's kind of like being a, a doctor who prescribes a medication or a treatment for a patient. Uh, while medications can save lives, they can also, used incorrectly, uh, can kill people. Uh, so, uh, so you have this large uh, kind of continuum of choices that can be made uh, using the same tool and have two totally different results. And the same thing happens with the training of an athlete. Uh, you know, the, the doctor has to consider the age of the patient, the um, possibly the sex of the patient, uh, the background, uh, and then has to consider, you know, what treatment options should be used that will appropriately treat the, the issue. So much in that way, when you have a, a, a you know, a group of athletes or one-on-one -on -one athletes, you have to evaluate what will work in the particular context to get the specific result that you want. And so the variables are these, volume, 
intensity, exercise selection, and also the sequencing of the exercises, as well as um, how do we how do we uh, make changes in intensity as time goes by, uh, and, and and possibly volume, I, I, and then also the techniques that we use. Uh, how do we change from one year to the next? Because one of the things that I think is probably sorely missing is after one off season, you see a lot of people plateau because they don't know what to do next, and I so. Giving all those things together, that's really what defines uh, precision training. Right methods for the right person at the right time and the right dose. Yes, and, and, that, and that's kind of a, a, a great lead-in to what has now been, you know, on the Internet is, let's call it a buzzword again, um, minimalist training or minimalist prescription of exercise, which – you know, people love to have cool things that they can tag on to stuff. And, and I don't know why, um, after spending a couple weekends with the guy and talking with him multiple times on the phone, obviously not as many as you have, but people seem to miss that Doc has been talking about this forever. And when I say Doc, I mean Dr. Yetzis. Getting the least amount needed in order to, uh, the least amount of stimulus required in order to yield the adaptation desired. Um, now seems to be something that people are looking at. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, again, this is another topic that you and I have spent countless hours talking about, the programming of all the athletes I work with. Um, touch upon that for a brief moment, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah, well, really what you're talking about is, you know, at a particular stage in training, the athlete has a maximum that their body will adapt and give you improvement, and that's based upon uh, the level of athlete they are and also on their uh, genetics. So uh, the idea is to find that sweet spot uh, of volume and intensity that elicits that result. You're not going to get any more than that result. That's already that's already a foregone conclusion. The only thing that you're trying to ask yourself is, what's the sweet spot? Where do I optimize um you know, the, the volume and intensity to get that, that result that they're capable of, of, of having. Uh, and so, you know, what someone may call minimalist, what I call it is just trying to find it out. And, and the way that you do this, because you're not going to, you, you know, it's, it's going to be rare that you're going to hit it right on the head. Uh, although as time goes by, you probably get much better at it. I think more of the question is let's err on the side of caution and go below that level and then slowly maybe – make adjustments upwards until we see that, okay, we're hitting a really good level of response with the athlete. The athlete's not worn out. Uh, they're not beat up uh, coming into each workout. So one of the things you'd see is that they're improving at a very nice pace. And secondly, subjectively, uh, you're asking them how are they how they're feeling and how they're doing, and they're not coming into subsequent workouts beat up. That is, Those are two really good uh, 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 measuring sticks, I guess, if you will, uh, to get that done. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And I think that almost using each workout, when you look at, you know, and, and we'll get into this in another podcast, more of the, the jumping work that will turn into specialized work and, and things of that nature, but looking at specific jumping activities, whether it be a single vertical jump, a long jump, single or double effort or multiple effort bounds. And what we, we have found is by recording data, 
like this is what athlete X jumped on day A. Day B, they should be jumping slightly higher, you know, so that they are yielding some sort of training effect, whether it be higher or further. Or maybe it's covering the distance at a greater speed, you know, in less time um, or in less steps. Um, and understanding that when they miss two in a row, well, then it's time to make some adaptations and it's time to, to make some changes to your programming and knowing that now is when you need to, to change what they do. Yeah, I think really the key is is this the, the two to the two big keys is is uh, knowing the athlete, paying attention to what you saw the last time that you were with them, uh, asking relevant questions. Number one, how are you feeling today? And and that seems like a really kind of a easy thing, but you got to ask because most athletes don't uh, pay attention to details because they're used to a coach saying just suck it up and let's get going and let's get the work done. Uh, in, in terms of uh, training for performance, you have to use a different uh, approach. You say, how are you feeling? Okay, how's your sleep been? Uh, have you had a cold? Any allergies? Those things will have a dramatic in, impact on uh, workout performance and, and performance in general. Uh, and so we got to get that, first of all, we got to say, get that off the desktop. Okay, those things are not an issue. So now... Even if the athlete's not now, if the athlete's still not performing as well, and then we got to go back and say, well, what are we doing here? Maybe I'm giving them too much work, uh, and you start scaling back, and you scale back incrementally till you find, you know, that that area where you want to be at. Uh, you know, I think th those things are critical. The other thing that can't be uh, really overlooked is the technique of the exercises. You, you're always looking for perfect technique uh, and execution of the exercises because you know, an example would be like if you had, uh, you could squat with various stances in various depths. There's one of, one of those will be the one that gives you the maximum benefit. So you have two athletes doing the same exercise. One is getting, let's say, 99% efficiency out of the exercise, and another athlete's only getting 70 because of the, uh, the execution of the exercise. So that's another thing that is absolutely critical. And if you're keep you're able to err on the side of caution or lower than what the athlete can handle by virtue of the fact that you're using excellent execution of exercises and their technique. So you're going to get this maximum carryover without really pushing the athlete really hard. Right. And that's, that's so big is to get, you know, again, not to take a, a buzzword, but the, the amount of transfer of training from the actual training to the sport itself is what's so important. And so many people, and I too have, have been as guilty as this as the next guy, but they look at, well, yeah, how much do these kids squat or how much do these kids bench? And who cares? You know, let's find some markers to go off of so that we know, for example, working with the basketball players. You've got to be able to cut. You've got to be able to move left to right. You've got to be explosive and you've got to be quick. So looking at a one jump, a four jump, a long jump or bounds, or, you know, a distance and time covered for lateral bounds, for me is what, what I like to look at to make sure that, A, we're not frying them out and they're getting better, and, B, that we actually are getting better every day so that there is going to be some carryover to what actually matters, and that's the game of basketball. And as the, you know, performance coach's job, 
it doesn't matter if it's track and field or sweating or football or whatever. It's a matter of determining variables that you can monitor on a day-to-day basis to understand are they getting better at the skills that are going to carry over to their sport. And if they are, we're going in the right direction. Keep doing what you're doing. If they're not, I don't want to say back to the drawing board, but maybe that's exactly what you need to do. Uh, precisely. I mean, what you got to do is you got to ask all the right questions. You know, get the details of the athlete first uh, with what I mentioned earlier. Um, then you start scaling backwards. And what I've done, uh, Jay, you know, I've been doing this uh, going to be 18 years in April that Doc and I have been working together. And the one thing that I've found where I didn't listen very well in the first stages because I have an intense personality and I wanted to push things, you know, to, to really get this incredible result. And as time went by, I never told Doc this, but I was experimenting with scaling things back. So I was really becoming a real stickler on technique of ex- of the exercises, which I had not been in the in the initial stages. He told me what to do, but, you know, I didn't – I thought he would nitpick over things, and I, I thought that what it really wasn't necessary, and, uh, and, and, and I would push him, push it harder. And what I found out is as I got a little older and hopefully a little smarter, I started listening better. And just as an experiment, I never told him, I would start scaling back the athlete's training just to see what would happen. And and the irony is I would have third or fourth year kids in their third or fourth off season, uh, we would scale back their volume maybe or some of the intensity. And I actually got a better result in the third off season than I got in the first one which is not supposed to happen by and large. You know, you should start seeing a somewhat of a decline, a marginal decline in, in, in result uh, from the athlete. So what I found out, even though I was training less intensity than most other people uh, and the technique, I was really being really stickler on getting the technique down, I was finding I was getting a better result than I had been. I was already getting good results. Don't get me wrong. I was getting excellent results. Uh, but I was getting even better as I started to do what he said. You know, I was really paying attention to that, and it really opened my eyes uh, that precision in what you're doing matters way more than how hard you work them. Matter of fact, if you're killing them, you know, most of these guys are not high-level athletes. So when you get kids, they're, they're relatively untrained, even at the collegiate level, high school level, definitely untrained. Uh, you got to consider who you're dealing with. And one other point, if I, if I may make, a lot of the literature that even the books that we publish, they are written for high-level athletes. And you've got to remember, you don't have a high-level athlete, so you've got to go back and do something that's appropriate for the kid that you got. Right. As, as cliche as it is, you know, the kid's principal plays such a vast, strong role in what we do. Just keep it simple, stupid. Look at what they're doing. Look at the proper techniques. I mean, from everything from, you know, maybe not so much the warm-up stuff, unless there's an actual goal to the warm-up other than just warming them up. But the big thing that I've noticed is, is precision in movement training, precision in technique with the list that we use, precision in specialized exercises, precision in how they do the jumps. You know, getting these kids to focus in and if you need to almost, as, as weird as it is, Show them physically how this resembles game X. 
you know, whatever it may be, basketball, football, lacrosse, you know, whatever these kids do, if you can show them why it's important and why they need to focus in, you may have to do it every day. You may not. I mean, you may have kids that are like, oh, I remember. If you do, you're lucky. Um, but it will bring them in and almost be the ignition point for them to start focusing in on the technique. You know, I mean, and then we can get into myelin and all that stuff if we want to have a, a two-and-a-half-hour discussion, but we don't really need to do that today. Um, you know, and, and just the cutting action, you know, the simple walking and cutting out that Doc talks about that you and I have talked about at nauseum. I mean, finding different ways to get them to move better and do it more precisely and more efficiently and more correct and faster I mean, it has been great for us, you know, and they, they show up. Um, it's pretty neat when you can actually sit there and step back and watch that precision show up in the training and then in practice and in games and in understanding that due to the simplicity of the training and the, the simplicity of the methods but the intensity of the focus is what yields the highest return. Right. I mean, you know, the big thing that I see is, is, is maybe being missing in the United States is uh, the training of the athlete to, for performance has kind of become, in some instances, maybe an afterthought. Just go hit the weight room. Go work out. Make sure you stretch. But there's not the details of how, why, what, when, uh, what are we trying to get done, uh, what's different. And so I think that what's happened is, uh, we see all these red herrings that kind of get you off the point of, uh, you know, you're measuring uh, maybe things that aren't as relevant to their performance, you know, with different testing and things like this. And, and uh, you know, can you want to see if they can execute the actions in the sport, not whether or not they can execute uh, maybe a particular stretch or a particular movement that doesn't necessarily have relevance to what they have to do. And I think that's right. the key. You've got to keep your mind on what you're doing. You know, always, if, if for an example, if you have a point guard, the number one thing that you need him to be able to do is to be quick as lightning, uh, laterally and front. Uh, he needs to be extremely quick and be able to change directions very quickly. That's the primary objective there. And then you've got all your other ones. He needs to be able to jump. Uh, you know, he obviously needs to be fast up and down the court. He also needs to have good endurance. But, you know, you're looking at it. What is, what's going to make him great? You know, what's going to make this guy great? Well, if he can, nobody can get around him when he's on defense and he can get around anybody he wants to when he's on offense, well, now he's a totally different player, and that's the objective. And uh, I think that, you know, uh, maybe this, we've gotten off course a little bit in that way of, of looking at things that aren't as highly relevant. And, and like you said, there's a simplicity to this in the sense that what does he need to be able to do, what's going to make him a great player, and how do we train that thing as opposed to getting off onto how much can he squat, how much can he bench, can he stretch this way or that way. You know, those those are all indicators. They're like economic indicators. They give you some idea of the picture, but they don't give you the whole picture. And that is right. the, the aim, I think. That's a great analogy, too, that they're economic indicators. Uh, well, Yosef, appreciate it, my man. And, you know, since you guys are a huge part of what we do here at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar, and you have been a huge influence on me. I'd like to take a couple minutes here and talk about what's the future with UAC, what's what's the latest and greatest coming out, what can our 
listeners and readers know that when they go to your site, they're going to be able to purchase here in the next coming month, year, whatever it may be? Well, actually, we've got three things that are we're working on. Well, a few more than that, but I've got uh, the, the actually the, the upcoming closest release that we have. Uh, I'll be partnering with Dr. Yesterson on a new book from him called "The Kinesiology and Biomechanics of Exercise." It's, uh, it's going to be, I think, at least five to six hundred pages. Uh, it should be done, I think, in February. Uh, incredible uh, resource for the for the coach because. You, you know, you're going to talk about exercises, and you're going to go over them, and you're going to learn the, the, the what's going on there, uh, what muscles are being used in what way, the biomechanics of the movement, and its applicability under sports and different, uh, you know, activities or events in the Olympics. Uh, I, I mean, that's kind of like – that should be like a desktop reference, I think, for coaches because then that gives you that background because I think that's kind of a, a missing component in today's training. Um, and then we've got some other exciting stuff, too. I'm doing a new project with – uh, Natalia Vereshansky, uh, we're going to be uh, uh, putting her uh, her dad's book, uh, The Shock Method, out. It's only been written uh, up to this point in Spanish and Russian, uh, and we're going to be putting that out in English hopefully sometime this year. I would say it'd probably be more like summertime is my guess. And I have another uh, project with Dr. Dietrich Hara, who was kind of maybe the equivalent of Dr. Vereshansky for East Germany. And as a lot of people know, the East Germans were very sophisticated in their training. And, uh, you know, some would say maybe even more sophisticated than the Russians in the sense that their population wasn't that high, but they were achieving incredible uh, results. So uh, we're going to be putting that book out here, I think, in the next couple of months. And the one project that I'm really excited about um, Actually, I'm, I'm excited about two. We're also going to be doing some DVDs uh, on cutting and running that Dr. Yesus goes over when he goes over the technique of, of both and then also the exercises that he would use to uh, to uh, improve those things. I think that's going to be very practical because you can look at it. You know, we're going to look at how to run, how to cut, what are the exercises that are, are, are mostly relevant, and then also one on, on plyometrics, uh, a practical DVD on how to implement those at the right time. And then lastly, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, we're going to be doing a brand-new book from Dr. Anatoly Bandarchuk. And this goes along with what you and I have been discussing. It's going to be somewhat like a life plan for an athlete. So what he's, what he's doing is putting a book that's going to describe how to train the novice athlete and each year leading up to elite level and then how to train the elite level athlete. So it's going to give you something very appropriate and applicable for your situation. So if you're dealing with a, a, a ninth grader who's 14, here's what you want to be doing. If the guy's an intermediate athlete and let's say he's 19 or 20, here's what you want to do. And then when he's an elite athlete, here's what you want to do. There's going to be a lots of rules of thumb, you know, a, a roadmap, if you will. I'm very excited about that because I think that is the one thing that is missing in the literature altogether. Uh, of how to develop this athlete from start to finish with the maximum efficiency. So fingers crossed that one will be ready by June and we'll be able to ship at that time. So that's kind of – we've got a lot of stuff going on this year where I'm really excited about and and hopefully uh, 
we get everything out on the time frame that we want to. We never we never seem to get it right on the nose, but we're we're, we're hoping to get all this stuff out by the middle of the late summer. Uh, and, and information that you've never seen before written in the English language that would be very, very valuable to the coach. Awesome. Yeah, that's great stuff. It's almost like a uh, seminar reunion right there when you're talking about the Verkashanskis and the SS's and the Blunderchooks, you know, people who have been at the seminar who put out some of the best information around, and it's it's something that I can't recommend enough to the people out here listening and our readers at cvasps.com. Click the link below. Uh, we'll make sure that we've got UAC's address right here so you guys can check it out if there's anything that you haven't picked up from Yosef's site. I, there's nothing on there that, A, I don't own, B, I haven't read at least twice, and C, that I wouldn't recommend without, you know, the highest, highest recommendation. It's all fantastic stuff, and it's all stuff that you should have sitting right above your desk. Yosef, thank you very much for your time, brother. As always, it's great. Look forward to talking with you again soon, my friend. Thanks a lot, Jack. Appreciate it. You have a great weekend. You too. Thank you.